Hey everybody, welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crypt review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostest, and today's episode is season five, episode one, Death of Some Salesmen. Mike, what did you do to your hair? Oh, I'm so glad you noticed. It's it's so long and black and greasy. It's just for you. And that hump, when did you get that disgusting hump? Oh, this whole thing. Oh my god, your face! You're Winona Brackett! Yeah, I'm gonna get you married now! <laughs> and dead! <laughs> Hi, Mike. Hey, what's up? Thanks for being on this episode. Pleasure. Which has been the plan all along, that yeah. you would be on here with me. It is season five already. Already. That's nuts. And yes, this is one of my favorite episodes, just because of Tim Curry, honestly. And it's one of the more gross and squicky ones out there. Oh, like so it's so squicky. I can't believe that this actually exists <laughs> yeah it's one of my favorites too definitely in the top probably at least top five close so, for me yeah so i always knew that the two of us were going to do this episode anyway so we finally made it to death of some salesmen so let's get into it here as always john Cassier does the voice of the crib keeper and danny elfman does the theme song this episode was directed by Gilbert Adler, who also directed Tales from the Crypt's movie Bordello of Blood. The screenplay was by A.L. Katz and Gilbert Adler. It stars Tim Curry. Of course. Who is Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Tim Curry. And Tim Curry. I mean, do I really have to? I mean, I'll say where he's from. <laughs> Home Alone 2, Clue, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I would have said that first. Muppet Treasure Island. Muppet Treasure Island, Don't forget Island, Muppet yes. Treasure Island. So good in that. It also has Ed Begley Jr. in it from movies like She-Devil and A Mighty Wind. And Yvonne DiCarlo, who played Lily Munster in The Munsters. Hmm. The, she's the, um, we'll get to her in a little bit. I never she's... saw The Munster, Munsters, though. I, I watched a little. I don't think neither of us have, really. Yeah, I never watched a whole lot of it, but I really didn't watch a Too lot of the... Too busy watching Dales on the Dark Side. Well, I didn't watch a lot of the original Adams Family, either, though. I mean, I've seen some of it. Same thing with The Munsters. Yeah, Adams Family was better. I don't know. I Ooh, they, hot take. <laughs> I think they both had their, I think they both had their moments. So yeah, Tim Curry plays three roles in this episode. That's one reason why it sticks out so much. Uh, he is Ma, Pa, and Winona Brackett, <laughs> the disturbing family that we will meet later in this episode. So this episode aired October 2nd, 1993. And I'm going to go ahead and read the information on the back of the box. Grave Mistake. A crooked cemetery salesman meets backwater folks who have their own idea of what family plot means. This was just an interesting episode because is door-to-door -door cemetery salesman, is that actually a thing? I don't think so. I don't... Th I, I mean, mean, they sold a lot of different things back in the day before the internets. I feel like knocking on someone's door to be like, hey, have you thought about where your body's gonna go? Is would yeah. really be a problem. I mean, it's hard enough to sell encyclopedias and globes. Or vacuums <laughs> or knives. Some people sound like knife sets, which is another weird thing. Would you like to let this stranger into your house with this collection of knives? Let me show you to them. <laughs> or show them to you. We are going to start the episode here. Of course, it opens up with the Crypt Keeper. And it is cute because he's in a suit on TV and they're making it kind of like it's set up like the Home Chopping Network. CK666, of course. Yes. Uh, and he's got a ponytail in this episode. Thing. A lot of sleazy characters in this time frame, the 90s and 80s, didn't have ponytails, you notice. But he's selling things on this home shopping network, which is a play on the home shopping network, of course. Mm -hmm. But he's selling things like face scream to put on your face or uh, math scare. Uh, Get it? Oh, oh, it's so fun. So yeah, that's how he brings in the episode, because this episode is about selling and buying and cons and things like that. Death of some salesman. 
It opens up with a scene that I'm not sure. Is that salesman or salesman? It's salesman. Uh, salesman. Death of some salesman. Okay. So it opens up with a scene that I really didn't think we needed in the show. But it's Ed Begley Jr. having sex with some woman. I mean, it's HBO, so you got to have some some tea in it, some boobies. And as uh, and you know, as as she's writhing and he's on top of her, we get treated to just the cast listing. Yes. Tim Curry, Tim Curry, another Tim Curry. <laughs> but it's a fairly. It's I mean, it's it's pretty explicit. It's an explicit scene. It, it, it really it doesn't is... add anything to the episode. I mean, it's it, it does build up the whole thing of him being a sleaze bag. Because of how he treats this woman after they're done, which really she thought he was like in love with her or was gonna take mm-hmm. her away or whatever, and he's just like, no, I'm just passing through the town selling stuff. You gotta love how you just freeze framed on her boobies right now. <laughs> yeah, I did pause it and she's, yeah, <laughs> mid mid boob there. If it makes you uncomfortable, I'll click play. Here we go. Oh no, the nudity, ah. Oh. So yeah, it's just like them going at it, but it's bringing in the cast list too, which is fun because I enjoy that Tim Curry gets billed three different times. Yes. <laughs> it's not just him as Ma, Pa, and Winona. It's Tim Curry as Ma, bracket. So yeah, so they just got done doing it or whatever, and he's getting dressed in his suit, and he's got his hair slicked back, kind of like the Crib Keeper, with, but without the ponytail. And he is a salesman for plots in cemeteries, or at least I would assume it's an actual thing. Part of me wonders if it's not just fake. Yeah, like it could very well be a scam. You know, which I think it might be, because we'll get to it in a little bit. But it's like well, I mean, we already know it's a scam. But at but the I same mean, time, like I don't think he's actually even selling it. Yeah, right? yeah. I think he just scams people out of sm- out of money. Yeah, because all he does is just put cash into an envelope. Like that's it. So he's sitting there at the desk in the hotel, and he's reading through the obituaries. And what he's doing is he's looking for well, he's looking for his first victim here. He's selling for Restful Hills Memorial Park, and again, like I said, he. He doesn't care about this woman. She's waking up. She's like, yeah, I met this guy, and he's great. And then he's like, no, I can't. What time is it? Almost 6 a.m. Hash-slinging time. Hash-slinging. I told you last night I'm through with that goddamn coffee shop. I'm going with you. Isn't that what we said? Well, there's been a little change of plans. But we said last night. Last night was last night. So you lied to me. No. You said you wanted to get out of this stinking little burg. And I sold you a way to do it for the night. But now it's morning and the warranty's expired. So you're already kind of building up that he's like just a fast talking sleazeball that will say whatever he wants to get what he wants. Mm -hmm. So he pulls up in his convertible. It's not like super flashy, but it's a convertible. And he pulls up to this horse farm. And there's a woman here and it's played by Yvonne DiCarlo, who was Lily Munster in The Monsters. Mm -hmm. That's who this first victim is and she's an older lady who's the naked lady i don't know <laughs> that's a, ooh, she, so cold i mean it didn't have her really she down. was there for fan service and that's about she it had that, i mean she was pretty anyway he shows up at this this woman's house and he had read in the paper that her husband had recently passed away so what his scam is is he shows up and he's like hey your husband put this down payment on a on a insurance policy with this funeral plot and he paid me so much money. I think it was like two fifty, but he still owed another two fifty. This is just so disgusting. Like it truly is despicable. Preying off of someone when they're probably more or less at their weakest. Oh, it does look like her. Yeah, I see it now. It's depressing. It's really like this. It looks like Lily Munster in her eyes. You can definitely see it. You could already tell from just the way they're setting this guy up and what he does that something truly awful is going to happen to him, and you look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, it does set that up like that. 
But yeah, so she answers the door and she's like, my husband recently died. And he's like, if you give me this money that he owed for it, you can get back like $10,000 in insurance or whatever. He picked this spot right here. He wanted you to be among the first to enjoy eternal rest amidst all that beauty. Shame. He was so excited about the benefits package, too. Funeral expenses plus 10000 cash. He loved you so much. $10,000? Yeah, I'll arrange for you to get a full refund when I get back to the office at the $250 deposit. Oh, but, um, isn't there some way that I could get the benefits? I don't see how. Your husband has already passed on. Well, what if I paid you the money? Oh, ma'am, that would be illegal. Oh, I don't see why. My husband intended to pay you the money. What if he'd already sent it? Now, look, I could pay you the money now in cash, and who's to know when you got it? But yeah, so she's like, what? He never said anything about an insurance policy, and he's like, oh, it was a surprise, and here's the spot. And the thing I don't get either about selling funeral plots and things why do you care how pretty it looks? Well, what's interesting is the photograph doesn't even look like a cemetery. It looks like more like a, a national park. It looks like the entrance to my woods. Yeah. That's basically what it looks like. Um, but yeah, so she could get ten grand if she pays this extra two fifty. It's you know, it's so much like that Nigerian prince kind of email. Yeah. Like the whole like you'll give us a little bit of money and you can get so much more money. Yeah, and it's just it's so swindly because even because i'm like he's got to do this a lot if he's only getting like 250 out of each person and not having but i mean i guess if you just do little bits of it you get a couple five or ten people a week yeah uh, i have no no but... no no sympathy like shit happens to these characters all the time in this series like sometimes really horrific shit and sometimes even if they're sleaze bags you feel sorry for them but this guy like every single thing he gets in this episode well, we'll get yeah, to it ed but Begley he, he Jr. has it coming ed begley jr is good at playing this though so yeah, so he's a scumbag, he's, he's ripping her out of money, and again, like I said, you can't see the funeral plot, you're dead. So yeah. the only thing you'd really wonder or care about is if it's taken care of. Like, if yeah, I guess if it looks nice, I'll be like, cool, at I mean, least it's nice... taken care of. But... Well, that's the thing, though. A lot of, it's, a, it's sentimental. A lot of people take burial very, very seriously. It's where your loved one is going to rest. Well, and where that... you're going to go have your exact... loved ones visit you. And that's really the main thing, I think, is just having that connection from beyond the grave. So you can go, and like Aunt Padelia, sit down next to the grave, and bitch at your long dead father, you know, over <laughs> a bottle really, of Jack. <laughs> I really don't need to know if it has like a lakeside property though. Just show me and just tell me it's pretty and well, it's no, well taken it's, care of. You know, it, like, it's, okay. it's more to just sell it, you know. Yeah. He's a salesman, he wants well, to called, sell it. It's called Restful Hills. You know. Yeah. Get that rest. Better than like Corpse Ridge. So this lady is being swindled out, and what's the saddest part about this is she needs $250. All she has left in the whole world is $187. He takes all she has left. All of it. That's she's all a, she has. She's a widow. But instead of being like, no, I can only take 250 he's just willing to take whatever she can give him. Mm. And she's like, oh my God, bless you. You're so sweet. Bless it's you. Like this, <laughs> this motherfucker. So he takes the money, and so now he's traveling around again. And I'm not quite sure... It shows him swindling a bunch of different other people. Like, he just keeps putting money in envelopes. Wads of tens and So 20s. he's going to... He just goes to house to house. I'm assuming he's found other people who maybe have had people died. But when he shows up at the bracket house, it's not like that. He just... I guess he's just in the area. Yeah. He acts like he doesn't know where he's at. Like, I think... He, I think he's acting like he doesn't. He's at the wrong house. It makes me, yeah. Because when he, he's like, "Hey, is this the house of so and so?" and they're like, "No," and he's like, "Well, send something here." I wonder, like, to what extent these kind of scams were prevalent back then. Like, imagine door-to-door -door salesmen, probably, especially back then, maybe would be 
I don't know, it's more possible. Well, like, they can't really track him that well. I mean, it's not like... I mean, you probably... He, he could end up on, like, you know, an Unsolved Mysteries episode. But That's it, how he'd probably get caught in But is it life. like a company? No. You don't have... He didn't no. give him a business card. It's just like, no. I'm selling this insurance. I imagine he's probably had some close calls. People who've gotten suspicious. Yeah. Maybe even people who've come after him. So he shows up at this house, like, in this farm thing, but it's, it's, it's pretty run, run down. down. Yeah. <laughs> it is... Everything is overgrown. It looks dilapidated. No one's washed those walls in a long time. Isn't it dilapidated? I, uh, I, I need to go to the library to find that one out. <laughs> so before he can even knock on the door, face shoots out. It's Tim Curry <laughs> as Ma Brackett. And I Hell think yeah. she's my favorite, I think. I like her in this. She's a little more calm, a little more, you know, feminine. So we meet Ma Brackett first. And she's a plump, older lady. <laughs> <laughs> And what is it with British guys dressing up like older ladies? Is he British? Tim Curry is British as fuck. Dude, I don't know. Tim Curry is British as fuck. Yeah, so he's acting like he got the address wrong. She's like, well, it is Maple Drive, but Maple Street is across town. And so he's like, oh, my mistake. And so she goes to shut the door and she's like, cool, bye. Because like, they, they don't like solicitors, whatever. And then she's like, you know what? Wait a minute. And she's like, do you want to sell us something? So he's like, sweet. So he goes in. He goes in, and it's a it's an okay house. I mean, it's a little messy, but it's just like, you know, they got a staircase you know, that leads upstairs. To the it's room. it's like your grandparents' house. It's nice. It's got some nice things in it, but it's a lot a bit of cluttered. wallpaper. Oh, yeah. That wallpaper is pretty ridiculous. And so she calls out for Paw Bracket. Oh, it sounds so nice. I do have a lovely brochure that I'd like to... I'm sorry. I don't want Pa to miss this. Pa! Where is that old goat? Pa! Where in tarnation are you? Hold your horses, Ma. Right in the middle of digging. Oh, we got company. Mr. Campbell's a salesman, Pa. A salesman? Huh. Ain't that nice? <laughs> in the old days, traveling salesmen used to come by all the time. Of course, nowadays, everybody stays home, does their shopping on the TV. And Pa is a lot different than Ma. He's a little gruffer. The voice that Curry does on it is it is, is different. This like rasping, like you know, side of the mouth sounds like you know, like, like intakes. Like, well, and it sounds similar to like his voice for Pennywise, which I forgot bit, to mention. Yeah, it. you he know what? No. What's something that to pay attention to is Paul Brackett comes up and he's got his overalls on and his old glasses, and they're all like probably in their sixties. I think he's trying to play it, and he's like, "Oh, I just came up from the basement. I was digging." <laughs> and they don't really break into like what that's all about, but you're like, all right, just digging in the just basement. Digging. <laughs> and so Pa comes up and he's like, "What? I was digging." He's like, real gruff. Digging in the basement is your first sign to get the fuck out of yeah. there. Yeah. And Ma's like, "Oh, be quiet and be nice. He's just here to tell something. He's such a sweet boy." So he's telling them all about it, about the funeral plot and everything like that. I think this time he's trying to say it's like a deal. If you each give me 250 or get both of you guys for like 500 as a special deal and you can get like 25,000 in insurance money back. Hmm. Like instead of doing the, the basic one, he's trying to do like a benefits package for them so they can get even more money if they double up. Hmm. I appreciate like them actually showing Pa. He's got his pipe. They're actually showing him light it up. Yeah. Now, I don't have to wait and see if he actually smokes it. I have this, oh, it looks yeah, like it looks he's like actually he smoking it. There's so many movies where someone will be shown with a pipe and there's no smoke coming out. There's not. They're not even inhaling or anything. It drives me crazy. 
At first he was gonna give them the regular price, but there is a quick scene here where he kind of looks over and sees that they have like a VCR and things. And yeah, they got a good, uh, like a, a they good got sound some, system. They got some decent stuff, some sound mm -hmm. system. So he's like, well, maybe I can bump it and act like it's a special deal if I can get a little more money. <laughs> so what I like about these two, Ma and Paul Brackett, is they ask to see the plot. That's the one thing that stands out. And they're like, well, this is nice. Yeah, we like this. Can, will you show us where it's at? And you know, he's probably had a lot of failures where people have actually asked him, okay, can we see the plot? Can we reach a visitation? And he said, sure. And then he's just been like, okay, well, that's a dry hole and just skip town. Okay, here's the deal. So it's $750, I think, for both of them. And they'll get $40,000 in insurance back. Of course. Even, we I mean, they're not going to get anything. We, yeah, we, we have to keep in mind that this is him <laughs> just selling them a load of malarkey. Yeah, but. they're not going to get anything. But... That's why I love those, how they're just like, well, show us where this, we, we don't buy anything without seeing it first. Which is like, yes, that's oh, a smart... you must have crossed over into Missouri, son. <laughs> don't say Missouri. <laughs> they do have kind of like a, a, a central southern Midwestern kind of accent going on. At least that's what Tim Curry is coming off as. He, he nails it, I think. Ma and Pa Brackett give this look to each other like, okay, yeah, we'll get the money. I'm going to go, I'll go get it because I think it's in the basement or something. I mean, right off the bat, you kind of get the idea that they're conspiring among themselves. Well, yeah, they kind of give each other a look. Kind yeah. Of like. So Pa leaves and Ma decides to make him some coffee or tea or something. Apparently it's like real gross. And she's just talking about how, you know how crazy Pa is and Pa's calling for her to come down there and so he's like this coffee is cold it's gross so he's he gets this coffee and it's like really cold and, and he's like well, I need to heat it up so here's where everything kicks off where it's really fun he goes to heat it up in the microwave he opens the microwave and what's in the microwave? A severed head. A severed head! A severed blood splattered tongue bloated hanging out of the mouth. Yes very dead head which I saw recently um, through my channels that I follow for Tales from the Crypt stuff. Um, they recently sold that prop. Just, oh, yeah. Just, uh, the, that head itself from the thing or something you could buy. So he looks at, he freaks out. You know, it's a dead, it's a head in the thing. It's just, like, looking back on it, it is kind of interesting how quickly it escalates. Yeah, I like it how it just kicks in. You're like, oh, I wonder what the deal is in this. Is like, boom, oh, they kill people. So this head's in the microwave. It's all bloody. He screams. He turns to the left. And it's my favorite part here is there's a man who... You can tell, like, this is from other salesmen. They don't like salesmen. <laughs> this man was selling them a vacuum cleaner. He's just propped up in their side pantry. He's got the vacuum cleaner shoved up his throat, underneath the throat, out of his mouth. You see, though, that these guys, okay, that guy actually has his product. He's a legit salesman. Now, that's sad. They hate you any know? of it. They don't they, like they, any they, of it. Like, well, I mean, yeah, they are definitely... For me, for me, though, that's the best kill in the, in the uh, show. Oh, yeah. Vacuum well, it's jammed kill. through his neck out of his mouth. Yeah, the, the tube of it is. And he's just propped uh, upright against it. It's, it's really man, cool. Man, these guys were just doing their job. Like, you know, come <laughs> on. Jr., who plays Judd Campbell, that's his name, is trying to get out of there. He goes to run. He's going for the door. The door's locked. And right when he, he turns around, Pa's like, I'm afraid you're not going anywhere. And he hits him over with a bat <laughs> until he's unconscious. He wakes up. He's got the really bad contusion to the face. Oh, yeah. It looks rough. Like, yeah. all the bruising. The makeup they did on his wound is almost, very convincing. It almost actually. has, like, a little bit of glitter on it or something. Looks like. And know. so, Paul is talking there. 
Tamal and cleaning his gun, and they think he might be dead. So, the, which they could still just be faking that. Can we can we give it up to Maul? Like she gives as good as she gets. Don't you raise your voice to me? Oh yeah, she's great. Like that's why I said <laughs> Maul Brackett's my favorite. She's just like Mm-mm, I ain't gonna take any of this. So they're arguing and stuff, and I'm not sure if they're they know he's listening or not, but he's still conscious. Um, and he's listening to them, and they start talking about their daughter, Winona. Yeah. And they're like, we could kill him, but I think Winona should get a look at him first. This is a good mother, you know, looking out for her daughter's she is. best She's interests. like, my daughter wants that D, and I gotta help her they're get it. in the middle of nowhere, practically, and, well, given the state of the Kettle family in general, it's not like anyone's gonna come knocking for her. What family? This is the Kettle family. The Brackets. The Brackets. <laughs> Ma, I just, I just subconsciously just thought of Ma and Pa Kettle. Nope, it's not, not Kettle, it's Bracket. <laughs> but Paul's a little more realistic. He's like, he ain't gonna want Winona. No one's gonna so, want Winona. You know, She's freaking gross. We're all freaking gross. I mean, yeah, all, all of them are. Like, I'm just gonna say, he's one to talk. <laughs> Ma's not too bad. she got nice eyes. <laughs> and so, even if she wants him, Paul's like, I don't want no salesman in the family. Like, if they were to get married or something... And everything, and, and Ma's like, no one cares what you want in this family. No salesmen. They almost talk like almost like they're a breed apart. So now they're saying to Judd, they're like, get up. They pull him up. They're like, we're gonna have Winona meet you. Winona, get your butt down he just here. Sticks a gun right in his face right off the bat. Before Judd can even think of a way to get out of this, they're like, don't go get any big ideas. Like they have them handcuffed together. Yeah. Or tied together, I guess. They've done this many times. And they open up where he was looking at the VCR in the TV area and they open it up and there's a guy who's been crammed in there, like a guy's body in the TV. <sighs> that is. That one's pretty gross too. Yeah, very macabre. So his, his face is squished up against the screen of the TV like, what? <laughs> I mean, it's it's hilarious. But it's also horrendous. <laughs> Look at Pa's face. He's so proud. <laughs> and so Winona is their beloved daughter. Oh, Winona. She's real gross. Tim Curry, I think, really gets a lot of fun playing this role. He really oh, yeah. grossed it up. She is tall, large. She has a bulbous, disgusting hump <laughs> on her back. Long black hair. Her teeth are not great. Her face is not great. They, they, they tried to make the poor character look as oh, hideous, as hässlich, as the Germans would say, as possible. So now they've left him handcuffed, or tied. Yeah, I guess it's handcuffed. And he's sitting in the chair with the you know contusion to his face. And you can hear Winona coming in, and she's talking to him. And she's got like a real little bit southern drawl kind of thing, you know. Well, they all have the same kind of, like I said, like this. Yeah, but hers is a little bit different than Ma's. It's not yeah. quite as, like, flowery. And so he starts thinking, like, okay, if I play my cards right, she can't be that bad. Because he can't see her. She's behind him. So he's like, it can't be that bad. I'll just pretend like I love her. As soon as I can get out of here, I'll get out of here. These people are crazy. I gotta act like I love her. (laughs) He makes a really good effort. I'll give (laughs) him that. He does until he sees her. Because she's playing a harmonica, and he's all like, oh, you play that so well. You're you're probably so beautiful. And she's like, huh, no, I'm not beautiful. Winona gives zero fucks at this point, I think. Well, I love how Judd's like, my mother's name was Winona, and she was very beautiful. It's like, oh, okay. How old are you? Old enough to know a bunch of bullshit when I hear it. Why don't you come on over here where I can see you? Maybe I don't want you to see me. <laughs> I don't think that's the case at all. I think you want me to see you very much. You know, I hardly know you, Winona. But I can hear your loneliness. I know that loneliness. It sits on my shoulder and it pecks at my heart. Is that how you feel, Winona? 
You sure do talk, Purdy. Well, let's you and me have a talk then, face to face. Okay. Face to face. Oh, you are so beautiful. I love, too, how he's like, how old are you? And she's like, old enough to know a bunch of bullshit when I hear it. <laughs> so she comes over to see him, and his face, when he sees her face, he recoils. He tries to cover he it. He has real a physical quick. reaction. Yeah, he tries to cover it real quick, but he fails at covering it. So he sees her, and he's just like, oh, damn. Hey, oh, man, now that I'm actually seeing it, because it just now came up on yeah, the screen. Yeah, she's really hideous. Really, like, there's there's moles, zits. Well, and she's, like, like, like got extra skin on her face. Yeah, and the skin looks all leathery. Get some, you know... Her hands. Get some exfoliating cream, girl. Her eyes rolling around in her head. Like, he, you could tell he really played this up, was really having fun. All the close caption is just saying, snorting half the way through. <laughs> He's like, you smell nice? She's like, I don't know, I haven't bathed in weeks. <laughs> but she's like, real nasty. That hump, like, I have in my notes, I'm like, that bubbly hump is fucking disgusting. Like, uh, it's really gross. Well, she does, I don't think, not even covering it up. Like, no. you think that her mother could have maybe Added some material or... to the dress. Yeah, because she's in this dress, like a like a gingham farm dress kind of uh, thing. Maybe Winona's like, I want them to see it. But she's basically like, you don't love me, you don't want anything to do with me. And he's like, no, let me prove it to you. And she's like prove it huh mm. so they go upstairs to her love nest which is full of mobiles of like dead baby doll baby parts. doll parts and i don't know uh, why i said dead yeah they're dolls they're already dead uh, it, it's they're very texas chainsaw yeah just dolls and toys and drawings all over this is her place it's like up in the attic and she's got a picture of her family which they do do like the ma paw thing down at the bottom what's what's mm -hmm. that what's that photo uh, uh american gothic uh, american gothic yeah, yeah it's a play yeah. on american gothic and her parents picture but man, they really show that hump here because he's she's sitting him down on her bed, because they gonna bone. That's how he's gonna prove that he's into her. If he can get it up, then she'll believe that he loves her. And so this part's kind of funny and really gross. So she's like, "All right, we gonna do this." So she starts like opening up his shirt, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "You're gonna show me how you care about me." Nobody takes their clothes off. She just like pulls his pants down, and he's like, "No, no, my love is deeper than." What my body will show you. And this is why my pet theory is that they are in Missouri because it's like action is what I'm after. It's what it's like, you Dude, know. We you, you live can flower, in Missouri. Why are flowery, you like slamming flowery, Missouri? Flowery, flowery, talking and loving is all good, but you gotta show me. Oh, I see where you're going. Because yeah, our motto is show yeah, me. You know. So this part here, though, they really set up this sex scene that makes you, you, you may not want to eat when you watch this scene. <laughs> so she pulls up her gingham dress and it's just like lumpy potato Ooh, legs boy, with yeah. like pock marks. Well, I mean, She's obviously got. She's probably flea bitten as well. Yeah. Like she well, she hasn't bathed for weeks. She yeah, said. she doesn't take care of herself. Like you know, if she maybe did a bit of self care, she wouldn't look so bad. So she lays him down, pulls his pants down, and all she does is just lift up her dress because she's just gonna climb on top. But first, she's got to make sure he loves her, and he tries so hard oh, to man. will. You almost. <laughs> you know what? You almost feel bad for him. But Almost. then you remember all the shit he's yeah. pulled, and you're just like, I don't give a fuck. Because he's trying so hard. Pulls up her yellowed panties. To get that erection. <laughs> to, so that they can do it. Lo and behold, he surprises even himself, because it happens. He, I think it's a fear boner. Yeah, he gets a fear boner. She just breaks his underwear off and rips it he off. shreds them off. <laughs> you can tell that she's infinitely stronger than him. Oh, she, yeah, she's a behemoth. A behemoth. <laughs> Leviathan. And they do it, and it's really quick and disgusting. And how sarcastic she is through everything, too. 
Well, she knows what she looks like. She's stupid. Like she said, she's old enough to know there's bullshit. You can tell, like, look at his face, though. The way he's, like, scrunching it up and, he's like, just so straining so that he can somehow get... But the part, oh, the part that's Christ. the grossest part, if you haven't seen this episode... Oh, man. <laughs> when she lowers herself Seriously, him, it has to be seen. Yeah. We can't do this justice, I when, don't think. When Winona lowers herself onto Judd, oh. her eyes roll back in her head. And that's the part that you're like... <laughs> oh no <laughs> it's been a while oh. <laughs> and so then they do it it doesn't take too long she has a good time and then he's all like that was great he tells her it was like the best sex he's ever had and, and it sounds almost believable but he's faking it she but hasn't she... bathed in a week she probably hasn't brushed her teeth in far longer she's like yeah and she just rolls off of him and cuddles up to him and so she's in love he's not gonna die he's so excited so now this is when they're in their post-coital Talk at, well, the glow, and they're doing their talking about that. And she mentions about how she has a dowry, and if they were to get married, Paul would have to give him the dowry, and it's quite a bit of money. They are very old school. I ain't gonna let my daddy hurt you if that's what you're worried about. I want to marry you. If we got married, you'd get my dowry, and they let you go, and we could run away and be happy together. I hate it here. Mom and Pa treat me so mean. Did you say dowry? Yeah. Pa's got it buried in the basement. It's the money from all those salesmen. It must be forty, fifty thousand dollars And so now he's like, okay, so we could get married and I could also get out of here and then also have a dowry. And I really wouldn't put him past put it past him to get her out of there and then just kill her. And then take the money. He doesn't come off as a murderer, but he definitely know. comes off as a flight risk. Or set her up so that she would yeah. get hurt or something. Uh, can we also mention the fact that his bruise has gotten worse? Yeah, now it's <laughs> a little better looking. I think they put a different shirt on him. Mm. But now he's still tied up and he's next to Winona. And they're going to get married like that day or the day after. Right and, away. <laughs> and of course her dad is a preacher. Because at first he's like, how can we do that? And she's like, oh, well, Paul's a preacher. You know, you know, it's just, but preachers are just like salesmen. You can just say you're a preacher in America. I, I believe that he probably is. Nah. She, he's next to Winona, and I love her little wedding crown. It's just like, look at her little wedding. It's just like little... Um, can like, we mention how Tim Curry does kind of play like certain same, of the same ticks all the way through the family? Well, they do a lot they, of eye rolling. They, yeah, they take turns being ultra like, <sighs> it's all bullshit. You know, it's... Yeah. Uh, but he's still tied up. He's still handcuffed and tied up next to her in his nice suit. And she's in some sort of wedding lace dress <laughs> with some flowers. But I love how she has, like, these little tiny flower things on top of her head, like a little wedding crown. Like, she's mm. trying to be fancy. I mean, hopefully she bathed, at least for her wedding. I don't know. So they're downstairs, and they're going through the ceremony. And she's like, Pa, how are we supposed to get married if he's still tied up? Can he at least be untied? Like, can we get, let him go? <laughs> and you can see kind of how they shoot it. They kind of make it look where Pa's shorter. Yeah. Yeah, the way they shoot, so it's like they almost kind of look like they have different heights, even though it's the same guy. That's a lot of work they put into this. Like, one can we just give it up for Tim Curry though? He's playing three different roles, three very different outfits, very different facial, you know. Yeah, and Winona's makeup is a lot more than the other two. Yeah, everything's so involved. He must have put in a lot of work for this. So kudos to you. Yes, kudos. Well, and Mal Brackett just gave her. I guess it was her wedding ring, but she's letting them have the wedding ring to use for themselves or something. Mm Hmm. So, yeah, so he can put the wedding ring on. She's like, you need to untie him because this is weird. We have proved that he loved me. I guess that lets them know that they did it. I don't know. <laughs> so they start arguing about that. He won't untie Judd. They get yeah. in a fight and he's like, but I love her, but you don't know him, but you don't, you know, all this stuff. 
And so then they break on this big fight, and Winona runs up and grabs Paul by the neck and starts choking him out by the fireplace. I mean, that just shows you just how much strength she has to begin with. Well, then this is where they have to shoot it to where it's like doubles and stuff because yeah. she's choking. She'd be choking herself. You can only do so much. But no, I mean they do it well. It's oh, fa- yeah. it moves fast enough that well, there's a lot of close. Tell. There's a lot of close-ups in this episode. But like you can't see her face there. You know? Yeah, so it just centers hard on each character individually. <laughs> And then everything else is kind of in the background. So they're, so they're wrestling, and he's getting ready to pull the gun like he's going to shoot his daughter. And that's when mm-hmm. Ma's like, oh, crap. So she runs over and starts fighting. In the meantime, Judd is like, heck, yeah, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> and he runs over to try to, like, tie, because like, now there's ropes on it. I think there was ropes and handcuffs. But now he's yeah. trying to get the key. These are weird handcuffs. If I was him, I would just try to jump out the front door and start screaming. But, you know. Well, they probably catch you. Uh, Winona has pushed Pa out of the way. And now she's banging Ma's face on the ground. And Judd's trying to grab the key so he can get out. And Winona stops him. And she's like, hey, boo. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'll let you out. I love you. So it's it's to be believed that Ma and Paul are dead. Yeah. So that Winona killed them. Let's And she's like, let's go down and get that dowry. Let's go downstairs and get my dowry. Get that dowry. Get that dowry. And so she leaves the gun there. And so he picks up the gun. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to get that dowry. I'm going to kill everybody. So he unties himself because his feet are tied up too. Yeah. Which, was it during the sex, I guess, too? I assume so. So he creeps downstairs to their basement. Might be why she only took his underwear off. Yeah, ain't nobody got time for that. She's like, okay, it's down here. And he's like, great. And she's like, it's in the ground. You'll have to dig. And so he's like, oh, okay. So it's like right below them. They have like a dirt floor in the basement mm-hmm. or whatever, which is always where you put a body or something. Yeah, anyway. just like ours. Yes, just like ours. Shh, don't let anybody know that. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, so he's like, okay, cool. You know, before, before I go digging it and stuff, I have a gift for my wife or whatever. And he shoots her (laughs) and falls down and blood comes out underneath her hand. He's like, you ugly bitch. And she falls down and does this like dramatic death. So he's it's very pantomime, and and you'll see why. Yes. So because a little bit of time later, he's been digging this whole time. He's digging a very good sized hole down in this basement when it has been laying there the whole time. Mm Mm-hmm. He finds a box. He finds a box, and in the box is a rolled-up piece of paper. And he goes to open it up, and it's the deed for the Restful Hills Memorial Park, but now his name is on it. Ah, what a twist. What a twist! And I love this part because he turns around to look up out of the hole, which basically he has dug his own grave. Yes. Is what he's done. It's a good-sized hole, too. I can tell that the um, this family is a great... They're all great fans of dramatic irony. <laughs> yeah, it was a, this was a pretty good ploy. They had some fun with this one. But he turns to look up, and I love this scene here because they're all looking down at him, and they're all alive. And yeah. Pa's got his gun. All a big show put on to just bring his hopes up and then bring them all the way back down again. And he's standing in this hole like, wait, what? I thought you guys were all dead. And I love how Ma has her knitting. She's holding not a gun, just some knitting. <laughs> hey, I'm pretty sure she could take those and just kill you as, just as easily as Paul could with a shotgun. Okay, so it was the two of them looking down. And then Winona just gets up. She's been laying there for hours. I guess she just took a nap because it takes a while to dig a hole like that. He's all sweaty and dirty. So, yeah, so they had to set up blood pack and everything. Either that or Winona's just so fucking strong that she could take a bullet and just be fine. <laughs> I don't think so. Because they were like, no, sweetie, just take your dress and put it in the washing machine. The washing machine that nice salesman brought us. <laughs> and then they're all just laughing maniacally and staring down at him. You find something down there, young man? You know, Ma, the young man's right. This sure is a mighty nice cemetery plot but i 
the view ain't much, but I think he'll rest in peace just the same. Winona, you gonna pay your respects or what? I sure hope I can get this fake blood out of my dress. I'll just throw it in the new washing machine that other nice salesman brought us. <laughs> you, you lied to me, all of you. Lied? Oh, now, that ain't a nice thing to say. Besides, it no lie at all. No, sir. It's called... <laughs> Salesmanship! <gasps> So, yeah, so then they shoot him, and that's the end of the episode. So this was a long con of them. And, do you think Winona slept with every guy came through? I don't think so. I think that she probably... I th depending upon the situation, I mean, she didn't act like her virginity was being taken or anything like that. She just acted like, well, it's been a while, you know? No, but that's what I'm saying. I'm guessing she's... I mean, they could have done the same plot setup every time. But not necessarily, yeah. though, because the one guy was killed by the vacuum. Yeah. But they kill everyone based on what you're selling. Because the guy who sold them the microwave was you in the microwave. You know what? That's true. And the guy That's who sold true. the TV was in the TV. They were probably, you know, yeah. I'm assuming yeah. the guy who sold them the washing machine is in the washing and machine. This guy, and this guy gets, you know, he digs his own grave yeah. because it's a burial plot that so he sells. I, I'm going to so. guess they do this every time and she just sleeps with everyone. They're a creative family. And, yeah. you know, the family that slays together stays together. Is so. that what it is? All right. <laughs> I don't know what that's from. I forget. So that's the end of this disgusting episode. It's super fun. If you haven't seen it, check oh, yeah. it out. If you want to gross people out, if you want to make them laugh, this it's is a very great memorable. Episode. It's very good characters for Tim Curry. It's it's just Perfect. really he kills really he kills it. So then it cuts back to the crib keeper. He's at a cash register. He's got his hair down now. He's no longer in the ponytail. Got a bunch of veggies. Some veggies and stuff for some reason. Knives. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. He's just throwing you know all kinds of different puns out. <laughs> Crypt keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt keeper pun is. Next up on the Home Chopping Network, it's time for the Crypt Keeper's Fashion Boutique. Today we're featuring my full line of Après-V death care products. We've got everything from face scream to mascara. Try some. It's the best thing you can do for demise. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much it here. Uh, there's a little bit of IMDb trivia for this episode. Apparently, according to IMDb, Eddie Murphy turned down the role to play Ma Pond Winona Brackett. Eddie Murphy? And I said, really? Huh. <laughs> Some of his movies, I'm not that big a fan, admittedly, but I like him, and he's really good at pantomime. He's but really, really good at character acting. I don't think that's probably true, though, because he didn't do, he didn't do, like, Nutty Professor and stuff until, wasn't it, like, 98 or something? Yeah, like, it, it, it took that, uh, But was he know. doing, I guess, I guess technically he was doing that stuff... Well, he was always doing it stuff. In other, it's like, just, comedy used to be, shows and stuff. I don't know. By my own opinion, used to be better, but, you know. Hang on, let me check. Love the PJs. Okay, so Nutty Professor was 96, so I guess it could have happened, because this was 93. Really? Nutty Professor was 96? Apparently, dang. The remake of the Nutty Professor was 96? Jeez. No, the, the original, the one where he plays the dude who gets, like, real fat. He yeah. Plays, he plays, like, all eight of the family members. Yeah, that was from 96? That was 96. Jeez. Yeah. I thought it was like from 2003 or something. The second one was the year 2000. Man, 
Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, I guess that would make sense, yeah. Okay, well. And then the title, Death of Some Salesman, is based on the Arthur Miller play, Death of a Salesman, that opened on Broadway in 1949 and won the New York Drama Critics Circle Best Play, the Pulitzer Prize for Drama, and the Tony Award for Best Play. I don't think this won anything. <laughs> this could be a fun stage play. Huh. Of course, you wouldn't be able to pull off the uh, one guy playing three different roles. But, well, no. Uh, and then, yeah, like I said earlier, the picture on the table in her bedroom is reminiscent of American Gothic. Mm-hmm. So the next episode is season five, episode two, As You Sew. Mike, thank you for being on here today. I hope you had a good time. We've been Always planning fun. on this for a while. Certainly had a lot of fun watching the episode. Yes, it's a good time. And thank you guys out there for listening and downloading to this episode. Thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews and everything like that. There's a Facebook page you can follow for the Good Evening Kitties podcast. There's also a Twitter page you can follow that's at G-E-K podcast. And yeah, thanks for listening. Have a good one. Take care, everybody. I just had quite a scare. I actually thought my heart was beating again.